everybody. Welcome into another edition of Cheers from the Press Box. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif, joined as always by my co-host and very good friend, the Beanie Boys back, Joe Dorva. What's up? Here, man? what's going on, buddy? Nothing much. Uh, quick show today. I will be traveling. I'll be in Florida if anybody wants to come out and see me do some shows. Uh, so we're knocking this out early Sunday. So if we miss anything, that's on the NFL and the yeah. NBA. And March Madness, Selection Sunday, Selection Monday. We won't be able to cover that this week, but we'll go through our brackets next week. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if you're new to the show, so we will cover all the major topics and all the major sports. Uh, NFL leads again. NBA almost had it two weeks in a row, but it's going to be the NFL. Then we'll do the quick hits. Normally, we would do a walk off, but because we are pressed for time, because I'm a piece of shit, we're going to skip that this hey, week and then we'll go straight into the press yourself, conference. Buddy. I had to eat. All right, let's start it off the same way we do every week. Joe, ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Well, here we go. All right. Brennan. Again. Dun, 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 dun. <clears throat> NFL is leading the kickoff this week because there were some major trades happening. Big things happening. What do you want to get to first? Uh, all sorts of trades. Uh, Amari Cooper's traded. Khalil Mack is traded. Obviously, the big one's Russell Wilson because we had that last year. We said he will not be a member of the Seahawks. We were a few months late, but we were still right about it. Uh, let's let's get right into that one. Um, okay, Denver being the landing spot. How did you feel about that? Um, I thought it was. I thought it was good. Because uh, Denver obviously has always had a pretty good defense the last couple of years, and they were just kind of waiting for that one piece. Very similar, yeah, very similarly to Tampa Bay the last couple of years before they got Brady. Um, Locke obviously wasn't the answer. I honestly thought Rodgers was going to end up there, but then Rodgers signs his deal, stays in Green Bay, and then yep. boom, within minutes they trade for Russell Wilson. So obviously he was the second choice, yeah. but I think it's good for them. I think it's going to provide some stability at the position that they need. And I honestly think Russell Wilson's going to get back to some of the old school Russell Wilson running around. I think he was just trying not to get hurt the last couple of years. What about you? What do you think? Um, I certainly think it's a good trade for Denver. Um, I'm kind of scratching my head over the power struggle that took place in Seattle. Um, after that playoff exit, me and you said, well, they didn't even make, did they make the playoff? They didn't make the playoff. No. After that uh, lack of a season this year and kind of how the offense has been like up and down the last two years, the defense has gotten abysmal. Um, we thought in that power struggle, Pete Carroll probably was best to get gone because one, he's old. He's Is he the oldest coach? I believe he's the oldest coach. He's old in Belichick. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we thought in the power struggle, he would be the one that, you know, was going to be told to hit the road and they tried every, they will try everything in their power to keep Russ. And I don't know how you're going to rebuild if you're Seattle with a 71 year old coach. I don't know how much longer he's going to have really to wait this out. Um, so for the Denver well, side of things, dumped, I mean, like, you've dumped the entire team at this point. Like it's a total rebuild. Yeah. They, they cut Bobby Wagner right after that. So, and they got rid of Malcolm Smith, I think last year or the year prior. So it was a little confounding, but for Denver side of things, I think Denver made off like fucking robber barons because they were able to keep Bradley Chubb. They were able to keep Patrick Sertan. They were able to keep the young pieces on that defense that are making that defense as good as it could be. So, yeah, I think they're going to be a really good team. And that's going to be a really interesting division next year. Yeah. Just so everybody knows, um, 
The Broncos did have to get rid of their starting uh, tight end, Noah Fant, and also Shelby Harris, the uh, defensive lineman. Drew Locke obviously was in the trade as well. Two first-round picks and then two second-round picks and then a fifth-round pick <clears throat> is all going to Seattle. So that's a big haul, but it's not surprising because Russell Wilson, this is the first time that I can remember, and it might be recency bias, that a starting quarterback uh, – starting caliber quarterback was traded. What, what's up? It's not surprising. And also, I don't think those picks are detrimental to Denver because Denver kind of has a fully flushed out team. They got three really good caliber receivers. They have, I mean, they lose their tight end, but they could probably find a tight end or yeah, sign a tight, a tight end off end. the draft. He, they have a good offensive line. Like, they're already built. They don't really need those. Those pieces are essential for them to continue building. They have a made team. They just need a quarterback. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was going to say is it's the Rams model. And it's something I wanted to get into the walk off this week, but we, we're going to have to save it for next week. But it's that whole idea of if you're, if your team's already good, where you're going to be picking in the low, like, you know, the high twenties, early thirties, then what's the point of even having the first round picks? Like yeah. just keep your second round picks. Like it's not, what's the difference between, you know, pick number 31 and pick number 62. Like at that point, as far as caliber and talent, that's all going to depend on scouting. Like if you don't get someone in the top 15, then it's all based on, you know what I mean? Like and then the top it's a 15 is not so. even guaranteed to you. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, like you said, the team's already ready to go. So you might as well just get rid of the picks to get a starting quarterback. Speaking of starting quarterbacks and the picks that they got rid of, we all think Denver made this decision to go after Wilson because Aaron Rodgers decided to stay in Green Bay. $153 million guaranteed, four-year deal, 53 a year. Uh, uh, yeah, what? so I guess. How much huh? a year? I heard reports that it was 53, but then, um, but the signing bonus, it's 153 guaranteed is the number that matters. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, this allows, I, I saw and I've heard that this allows them to do a lot of flexible cap things, actually giving him that much of it guaranteed. So you could put most of it in a signing bonus every year and then have his cap hit be lower. So yeah. his so salary actually makes could be room. like 10 a year. If you just put 40 in the signing bonus every year. Um, yeah. So it's going to make a lot of room. Hopefully they can keep Adams. They, they franchise the them for this season. Mm -hmm. um, we'll see what happens going forward. Um, yeah, it makes the most sense. I mean, for Green Bay now, everybody's obviously going to look at that Jordan Love pick trading up to go get him as like, that was the dumbest thing ever, which we all knew. So in many, the moment. They had so many needs on that team, and then they traded up for him, and now Rogers resigns, and it's yeah. like, um, it would have been it would have been interesting just you know for the chaos aspect of it for him to leave and leave that franchise kind of high and dry. Um, but I mean, going into the the resigning, they had been saying like, oh, we've never guaranteed him a trade because that's the thing; he still had a year on his deal. He had to get traded. Yeah. So they were like, oh, we never said we were going to trade him. We never agreed to that. <laughs> we never agreed to that. So um, I, I'm not shocked that he stayed. I don't know. I don't want to say I'm happy he stayed because he's lost a lot of favor with me um, just as a fan, somebody who was a fan of him. Um, and he hasn't performed at all since his Super Bowl victory. He's two and three in the postseason. I was going to say, always great in the regular season. It's the postseason they always seem to struggle in. Blake Bortles is 2-1 and one in the postseason. 
Hey, you know what time it is. It's time to get some Bortle service. So it's like, if you're going to be this all worldly guy, you're going to demand this amount of money and you're going to, you're signing up to play outside. I don't want to hear snow being an issue when it comes to playoff time. If you lock up the number one seed. Yeah. And it's another thing I'm going to borrow this from Michael Wilbon, but now that he's resigned, can we be done with Aaron Rodgers talk for the rest of the off season? Because I'm, yeah, I'm totally between the vaccine stuff and then him going on Pat McAfee and all this like political shit that he's talking about. Him. I'm so burnt all out. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm over it. Um, speaking of somebody uh, who had a lot going on in the news, definitely a more serious topic. But oh uh, Deshaun Watson uh, went in front of the grand jury uh, yesterday, day before, uh, cleared on all criminal charges. Still has 22 civil lawsuits pending against him. But in the state of Texas, he was cleared on all criminal charges. They will not pursue any charges in the case of uh, alleged sexual assault and sexual misconduct by Deshaun Watson. What does this mean, Joe, moving forward for the Houston Texans? Because I've got my opinions on what they're going to do next. But what do you think? Um, They're obviously going to trade him because that was the course of action prior to. And they need to. That team has been dismantled systematically and they need to systematically rebuild the entire thing. Um, I love that you stuck to uh, the fact that he was relieved of all his criminal charges. Um only his criminal charges. The civil charges are still pending. So if a team does trade for him, um, they should be wary that, you know, the press is not going to be the greatest because if he gets if he gets found liable on one of the fucking civil cases, like everything kind of bears out. The legal system hasn't been equipped to deal with these type of issues forever. So that means him getting clear of the civil stuff doesn't mean doesn't exonerate him of all wrongdoing, all of potential wrongdoing. Um, I don't want to say he did what he is accused of doing without any evidence. But um, my thing is people are also not realizing that the NFL could still suspend. They Last year, he it's never. It's going to be six games. It's going to be six say, games. He never served a suspension whatsoever last no. year. So, And they don't, the, the league doesn't have to have cause. any. They don't yeah, have to have they, any, they don't have to have a a, a ruling by a judge the or anything. Clause is action detrimental to the league. Exactly. So, they, so they, they they're going to suspend him. It's probably going to be six Thomas. games. So minimum six games, probably off the top, because that's what Zeke got, and then that's yep. what Roethlisberger got. But Roethlisberger it was able to get it down to four games in that year. So. Yeah, I think he's going to face some type of penalty. Honestly, I think it may be harsher just because of the um the number amount. And then uh, the PR of it coming off of the Calvin Ridley thing, you get a season for betting on games that you had nothing to do with, but then you only get six games for 22 cases. So there may be, they may try to judge a little harder, maybe go 10 day, 10 games, like when they went with Greg Hardy. Um, So it's, it's, I, I don't know what to really say about it. Um, I know he's probably happy to have some of this behind him so he can probably get on the field and get on the next phase of his life. Um, if he did what he's accused of doing and he's celebrating in the public like this, it's very disheartening. Um, yeah. And if he did it, you know, then all pow- more power to him. But until the civil cases are adjudicated, I will not give my opinion on who he is 
and what he may do to a team because there's still 22 pending cases. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where like with the Calvin Ridley situation, everyone, I think that's a little more black and white only because of the fact that it's like he put his name into the, the yeah. whatever service it was Hard to bet. And everyone knows you can't bet on games as an active player in the NFL with the, the Deshaun Watson thing. It's a lot of, well, I said this, well, no, he did that. You know what I mean? There's no heart. Like he didn't, you know what I mean? There's no video camera of the actual incident. There's no video. So I guess what I'm saying is that's, that's the only thing is it's a lot of, he said, he said, she said sort of situations. I know there's a lot of, she's saying that though. Yeah. That that's a lot of, she's saying, and obviously when it's that many people, allegedly that many people, it's, it comes to a situation where there's obviously something wrong. You know, I, I know my parents used to say to me, um, and growing up, you know, now in sobriety, my sponsor says it to me. Like if you're in, if you find yourself in a bad situation that many times, you probably need to look at what you're doing to be putting yourself in that situation. Yeah. So obviously we don't want to speak on Watson's character. Um, just because I don't, I don't feel I don't feel comfortable doing that because this is a really shitty situation that he's put a lot of people in, but um, he's cleared of all criminal charges. So I can understand as someone who's been, you know, in the system before he doesn't have to worry about any of that. Everything he has to worry about moving forward is financial. Yeah. It's all money related. Yeah. The civil suits, all that just comes down to money. That's it. And he, as if he continues to play as well as he did, that's not money's not going to be an issue to him. So I can understand Mm -hmm. why he'd be, Excited about that, but still, this is a shitty situation to be in, and he's going to get traded. He's, they're going to get a super big haul for him, and he's probably going to be suspended six to ten games. But it's the NFL; it's a machine; it just keeps going. So, also, I'd say from whatever team brings him in, um, they're going to have to do one. They're going to have to do their homework. Two, they have to do their proper media training. Do their proper because. He cannot come out to a microphone and the emergence of the female demographic in the NFL and how the NFL wants to make this a family oriented game and whatnot. He cannot get on the microphone and besmirch all the women. He has to walk the finest of lines to say that I have gotten past this. This was something I dealt with. But I do believe women and women do. This does happen to them. It may not have happened in my situation, but this is not something to extrapolate and copy paste to everyone this happens to. He has to walk the finest of finest of lines not to turn himself into a pariah, because at that point you lose the team. The league has no problem suspending you. Nobody has an issue with you getting suspended and your life still goes topsy turvy. Yeah, um, I'm going to throw this out there just because this team has a solid foundation, a fantastic coach and has some experience with the situation. Uh, You you think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to take a look at him? (laughs) No, really? (laughs) I don't think uh, Brennan, do you remember when Michael Vick got signed to the Eagles? That wasn't Pittsburgh. (laughs) Pittsburgh is a little more. as you say, as you would say, um, they're a little more salty about, you know, things of that nature. And I think they'll spit a lot of more venom at that. Yeah, that's true. And I don't think 
Mike Tomlin is the type of disciplinarian and kind of serious leader where he doesn't want to invite that into his locker room. I don't think he would invite that to his locker room. Yeah, I just thought that would probably be one of the best teams that's equipped to handle it just because of everything they went through with Ben and then... Yeah. I mean, they've got one of the strongest foundations in the NFL as far as coaches and ownership. and Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, looking at the way now, one thing we'd remember, well, two things we remember, Ben, white man. Other thing, um, Ben was going through a situation, I believe, during Bill Cower, or that was early Mike Tomlin. So he was already it was early Mike Tomlin the second. So he was time, already yeah. established on that team though. So he already has one Super Bowl and he's kind of already built goodwill in the community. Also he's being white. Um well that's why I figured the Pittsburgh Steelers, black black head coach, they've got the, the longest the running tenure. Is not black. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so the reason so the, with the way he dealt with um, that was his young coach era. But then the way he dealt with AB, the way he dealt with Le'Veon Bell, with Garrett Blunt, the way he's dealt with um, there was something more recent. But I don't think he wants to invite that into his huddle. Yeah, that's much. true. And especially after all the Mason uh, Rudolph yeah, stuff. Yeah, Mason Rudolph. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, that's what the I thought. Mason Rudolph about, you know. and uh, Miles Garrett stuff. I don't think he'd want to invite that into his locker room, into his huddle. All right, we got to keep going because we got a hard out today. Let's get to some of these other trades. One more round style. One more round. All right, so Khalil Mack, one of the greatest defensive players of this generation, gets traded from, at the time, Oakland to Chicago because everyone's saying Mark Davis doesn't have the money available to put into escrow to cover his signing bonus. So they and get John rid of him because of money. to speak to him. And then, yeah. And then he ends up in Chicago where he anchors that defense. Chicago's defense has not been the problem the last six years, but then they give up two first round picks to go out and get Khalil. And now they're, I mean, obviously time is undefeated. So he's getting older. His, obviously his, uh, his stats have diminished over the last couple of years, but now Khalil Mack gets traded away to the Chargers who have their franchise quarterback, who have a fairly, I mean, they have a bad defense against the run, but they have a Bosa brother. You know, if Derwin James can stay healthy, he wreaks havoc um, in the defensive backfield. I'm going to say that every year until I, he actually stays healthy I just, for a season. I just love that the Bosa brothers are like, you have a good enough defense. You got a Bosa brother. You're fine. Yeah, you got a Bosa. That's, <laughs> well, so I, I saw this, um, or maybe I heard this on PTI, but what was it? Uh, Bosa last two years has had 47 and a half sacks. Khalil Mack the last two years is at 46 and a half. So you put those guys together and it's going to be all sorts of problems. Plus we saw it earlier with the Chargers when they had uh, Ingram on the outside. Mm. And remember that defense was fierce against the pass because they could just rush like crazy. Well, I think Chicago's ridiculous. The interesting for getting thing rid of about this trade is Khalil's not an outside pass rusher. He's more of an inside linebacker. So this is going to help, if anything, more so with their run game and their run stopping ability. Which they need help with. They were 30th exactly. in the league last year. Yeah. So I think it's just overall going to increase the defense. 
Which is a good thing because uh, the Chargers are one of those teams where when you have uh, obviously the most coveted position is a starting franchise quarterback and they think they know they have their guy in Herbert. So now you, all you have to do is just build around everything else. They took care of the offensive line in the draft last year. Now they go out and get Khalil Mack. They've already got Bosa. If Derwin James can stay healthy, this might be a team to beat. I know I was tooting their horn, horn last year, but I, I might have to do it going into this year. Let's see if Bradley stay. Bradley. Hold on. Let's see if Brandon, Brandon Staley, Staley is an actual good coach. One more round. Yeah. All right. All right. Moving Cooper. on. Yeah. Somebody else who was traded from Oakland to another team traded from Oakland because uh, Gruden basically said can't win with him. I guess. I don't know. Um, traded him, him to the Cowboys and the Cowboys in that time signed Zeke to a monster deal. Signed. Um, what's the guy's name? Dak Prescott to a monster deal. <laughs> And um, have tied their money, and uh, Jerry Jones is probably gonna have his money tied up in other things right now. Lawsuits and oh, I was like, stuff like going? that. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought you were a, making like a gas price joke. I was like, I thought he was in tech, not oil. Oh, no, he is in oil. Well, first of all, okay, he's making he money hand over fist right now, but um, no, he also just had a woman come out and say that he's her dad. and. She wants that to be known to the public. And he's been paying her family hush money for quite some time now. Um, So, yeah, he has money tied up in a lot of other things. And and he's dealing with some health issues, too. I think I I think I saw I swore I saw that somewhere. I haven't seen it reported anywhere, but I swore I saw it on ESPN.com like three days ago, maybe. Um, so they traded Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper traded to the Browns. I don't even know for what. Feel like a ham sandwich uh, at this point. Nothing. I was say I was like, it feels like a ham. It was like a fifth and a six or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. they get Amari Cooper was a top tier wide receiver coming out of Alabama was fantastic in Oakland that you couldn't afford to keep him. And now he gets traded for peanuts. Yeah. He got- How did no one else? There's so many teams, Philly, Jacksonville. There's so many teams that need wide receivers. Yeah. How do they get away with this? I don't know. And then he got traded to the Browns. And the funny thing is, okay, you're like, all right, maybe the Browns, the Browns are trying to quarterback. Maybe the Browns are trying to patch this up. Maybe the Browns are going to get him. And this is the thing for Jarvis Landry to, you know, tell him that they're committed to the offense. And and they allow, they tell Jarvis Landry, all right, you can go seek a trade. What? What? What just happened? Yeah. Do they not understand the NFL is about a collection of talents? No. <laughs> you want to have one the most talented people on the team? <laughs> they're like, well, let's get the bare minimum talent and let's just keep getting right on the edge of the playoffs. Like, we don't need to make the playoffs. Let's just have the... Have the surface of we could do something. So, Mark, this is crazy. And I know you're in the same boat I am. Obviously, different timelines because you guys just won a Super Bowl not too long ago. But watching the wide receiver core, like Trevor, like Marvin Jones Jr. looked really good at points last season. And all I kept thinking to myself was if we could go out and get one of these top tier wide receivers, how much better would that be? And I know you feel the same way in Philly. And it's like you're. No, I was just going to say, by the way, I need to go laugh at that guy. Do you remember that Twitter exchange I had with somebody on the Cheers no. Twitter? On the Cheers Twitter, I think um, it was right after maybe the first or second game or maybe even like right after the draft when I was like, oh, Jag should have went after Eli Moore or whatever. 
Oh yeah, Elijah Moore at Elijah Ole Miss, Moore. which I was screaming from the fucking and then rooftops. Some guys, about. I do remember some this. Some Jags fan came out of nowhere and was like, "Oh, we have a great receiving core, Laquan yep. Treadwell." I was like, "Laquan Treadwell? No way!" He's even said his name since he was at Mississippi. Man, what are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> I do remember this. Yeah, and it was brutal watching it because. And I, I, we, you and I talk about this all the time, especially with your team as well, taking Jalen Rieger in the early, early in the draft. It's one of those things where it's like, how, how do these, some of these teams just keep getting all these specialty players, the Browns, the Cowboys, fucking like some of these teams, the rich just keep getting richer, but then they're not any good. Yeah. They do zero with it. So yeah. I'm really hoping uh, Allen Robinson gets his body healthy and is that top five receiver that you made him a year ago and signs with the Eagles. And back in Jacks. <laughs> He's never going back. I know. I know. <laughs> All right. Last thing. Uh, speaking of your Eagles, uh, their former uh, number two pick, Carson Wentz, which they traded Buco draft picks for uh, now on his third team. Well, about to be on his Third, fourth, third, third team, third team. He was released by the no, Colts. He was traded, traded by the Colts. I'm sorry. <laughs> he was they were talking about they were going to release him. I didn't realize peanuts. they actually traded him. Yeah, Say he again? got traded for uh, what two second, a third that can conditionally become a second if he plays seventy percent of the yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. Um, to the Washington then, like, Commanders. Yeah, I'm still calling them the football team. I'm never going to sign off. I like I, the football team better. I said I said in a text message thread with somebody, I'm not going to call them the Commanders until they have somebody actually commanding that team. Uh, Daniel Snyder <laughs> is not a commander of any sorts. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, look, he has... A, he has... His bottom is like the earth's core, but his ceiling is very high. If he can just find a system that and the ta- a collection of talent that is predicated on what he likes to do. Like, so he basically needs the best of offensive lines and a jump ball receiver and an oak and a good to great running game. And I don't think he has any of those he things. Just that. I don't think he has any of those things on this team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this was um i saw i think espn put up a graphic of everything that teams have gotten trading away whence and it's crazy making out like gangbusters yeah like philly had to give up so much to move up to two to get him and then one of Super Bowl like, in that window yeah well big dick nick won the super bowl I mean, but, hey you know Happened. Carson did get Carson was on a rookie deal, which allowed us to sign a veteran backup. Absolutely, all the things work out, Brennan. And to that notion, um, when everybody was see, this is why I say the NFL contracts, and this is why Wilbon says the NFL contracts literally mean nothing. When everybody was laughing at the Eagles, oh, you signed Carson Wentz. Oh, this is the terriblest deal ever. Oh, the Rams signed Jared Goff. Oh, it's the terriblest deal ever. Every contract in the NFL is not worth the paper it's written on. After two years, three years, the cap hit is way less. The bonus is already given. And then you get them out of Dodge. 
Unless you're Kirk Cousins, because his salary this year is only thirty-five million. His cap hit is forty-five million. Yeah, Matt Ryan just had to drop his. He just had to take uh, some signing bonus money because I think his cap hit was going to be like forty-seven, and That's it just insane. dropped like there's, to thirty something. Yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple guys where it, it's crazy, but for the most part, it's only the only guaranteed money in NFL contracts is like the first three years, yeah. and then after that, they can just cut you. And the cap hit is the cap hit, but I mean, for most players, it's only like seven million to ten million. It's not yeah. even that big of a deal. Exactly. So, um, real quick, you think this turns around the football team or no? no nothing. No. Turns yeah, me okay, let's go. <laughs> All right, huge game in the NBA the other night. Sixers, Nets. This was in Philadelphia because Kyrie Irving played. Um, <laughs> see what he did there? Uh, what, Joe, I texted you while I was watching this game. You did. Because this is something that I found to be interesting. Philadelphia was Philadelphia. playing. Philadelphia was playing with a lot more physicality. Just watching the game, I test. But Brooklyn was not missing any shots. Kyrie yeah. played out of his mind. KD played great. Uh, I know we said last week is, you know, is KD not giving them the boost they need? Well, I, apparently he listened to the show because he said, go fuck yourselves um, and went off. Well, so the Nets win this game. But what did you tell me? You texted me something back when I was asking you about um, this game. Well, one thing. And, you know, I probably probably spoke a little too soon. I said, call me when it's the playoffs. Yes, you did. What I didn't remember was, you know, I, I knew it, but this was going to be a playoff atmospherical kind of game. And you know what that means, Brennan? James Harden played like it was the playoffs. Three of James 17. James Harden is going to play like it's the playoff and he is not going to show up. He went, what was it? Three of 17. Couldn't hit the yep. side of a basket. Couldn't hit what Westbrook is hitting. Um, he was God awful and it came back to bite them in the ass. Just like I told everyone. And by the way, another thing, since we're actually talking about a Philly game, can we shut up? With Tyrese Maxey being the third of a big three, it's the most annoying shit. It's it, it's a, it's a, it's insulting the audience every fucking time I hear Tyrese Maxey's the wild card. He's the third of the big three. The f no one knows who Tyrese Maxey is. All right, he's benefiting from two guys getting all the looks, and he's a third guy who can hit some shots. He's nowhere in a big three. They have a big two that is smaller than Minimi because one of those guys is never going to show up in the playoffs because he cannot actually shoot. He can only create foul opportunities. All right, and in the playoffs, the whistles are going to be swallowed, and you're not going to go to the foul line twenty three times. 45 times in a fucking game. All right. So shut yep. all that shit up. Sick and tired of that. But what I was going to say was exactly what I said was going to happen is what happened. Even though Ben Simmons didn't play in this game, and that's a whole nother story. Seth Curry is the link that the Sixers is missing. Those 24 yep. points that he got for Brooklyn, I bet you they would have loved it for Philadelphia. They should have never exactly set him we, in the way in that trade. We knew that was going to happen. They should have never set him in the way of that trade. He is the thing that they are going to miss the most. Tyrese Maxey is never going to step up out of himself and hit eight threes in a game. Seth Curry has that ability and that capability to do that. And that's why they should have never put him in the trade. And that's why Philly's going to get a first round exit. Yeah. I mean, we, you called it and I know I was a little hesitant on it as well when he was in that trade. Cause I was like, no, the shooting is what they need. They need that guy. And then they got rid of him and then 
That's what happens. Tyrese Maxey, though, is he? Four third? points in the game, Brandon. 29 minutes, crazy. four points. He had a quadruple single. All right. One <laughs> rebound, one assist, one steal, one foul, one turnover. He had a quintuple. I'm sorry. Quintuple single. <laughs> um, speaking of teams getting overhyped, you have the Suns Don't best in the league. Don't not say overhyped, Brennan. They just went head to head with the other number one team in the league, and they gave them the beats. And again, still without Chris Paul, this team has taken one of those leaps from last year to this year where they are just humming on all nine and it doesn't matter who's missing. There are games where Booker missed and they didn't miss a beat. There's games now where Paul's missing and they haven't been, missed a beat. The role players on that team have just gotten to a level of when they play championship basketball, they have not, they just understand how to play championship basketball. It's something that we're not seeing out of the Atlanta Hawks. They got to the Eastern Conference Finals and they have not found who they are whatsoever since then. They've just been resting off that one meteoric rise, whereas the Phoenix Sun have a chip on the shoulder built from the top down, not the ownership because the ownership has its own issues, but built yeah. from uh, what's the name of the damn coach? Why did I forget that? What's the name of the talking about the the Phoenix Suns coach? Yeah. Why did I just forget his name? I was on a roll right there. What just happened? You were. You were killing it. And then then you saying I forgot his name made me forget his name. Aqua? He's like one of the best human beings in the NBA. Like his... Something happened to his Oh, family. Monty Williams. Monty Williams. Thank you. From the top down, from Monty Williams to Chris Paul, and it is disseminated. That mentality is disseminated throughout the rest of the players all the way down to a Cameron Payne who could fill in for Chris Paul to the best of his ability. And he was at one point somebody we only knew as a fucking dance partner, sort of dance partner to Russell Wilson. So for them to be clicking at this point, for Aiton to not be... Uh, the focal point that we're talking about every day, day in, day out, because he still hasn't signed this contract, but he's still out there playing because he knows what it means and he knows what he has around him. And Devin Booker is playing out of his mind, having some of his best assist numbers in this run uh, without Chris Paul. So they, I think they are the best team. They're the first team to clinch the postseason, Brennan, and they took yeah, down the number that. one Miami Heat on the other side. Yeah, they beat Miami by twenty one points too, uh, yeah. and that's not a small feat to do. No. Uh, they did um God, they uh yeah, they're on a roll. Lost to Toronto barely, and now they're gonna play the Lakers tonight. Um <laughs> so we'll see how that turns out. LeBron had to go yeah, for fifty think, the other day, so they're definitely gonna win that. <laughs> I definitely agree with you. The Suns are I know I was giving you shit about it, but that's only because I had the Warriors as the top team, which I still think the Warriors can make it to the finals, but the Warriors that, need to try who, to figure out how to get out the three seed. Yeah, who who would have seen that fucking me? I told that you that green injury being that big of a deal. <laughs> I didn't um, see that part of it, but yeah, he comes I back said Monday, Memphis hopefully. is on a rise, and I said Phoenix is the best team. So you did call that, uh, and we both love Memphis. But speaking of number one seeds, do you think Miami stays as number one through the end of the regular season? Um, I am weary of it now because of how bunched up the top of the East is. Um, the two teams that I think that can overtake them, neither of it is Philadelphia. Um, I think Milwaukee can do it. Milwaukee, Milwaukee is kind of like 
I don't want to say played with their food in a sense, but played with their food in a sense where they have <laughs> gone through streaks where they're like, all right, we're here to win some of these games. And then they're like, all right, we can take a couple games off because we know what we're actually revving up for. And we want everybody to be healthy come that time. Yeah. So they're only now they're only two and a half games back. And then <sighs> Brad Stevens may be a really good GM. And he may, yeah. may be a really good coach because now Boston from living in fifth, 500 ball hell is only three and a half games out of the first seed. Um, Won their last seven out of eight. Yeah. If, and if Tatum takes that next step and if yep, Brown exactly who only missed one game with that injury and if Marcus Smart can play consistently, they could shoot their way up and close that gap and take the number one seed potentially. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh I I think in the West, it's a lot more definitive because the Suns are playing that much better than everybody right yeah. now. But in the East, like you said, it's so jumbled at the top. It's three, three and a half games that separate the top four seeds. So we'll see what happens. I don't think Miami's going to hang on to it. And quite frankly, if I'm Miami, I don't want to hang on to it because I don't want Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see Brooklyn first day. Of the yeah, that's OK. Good job. You got the number one seed. Here's now you have reward. to go against <laughs> arguably the number one player in the entire world and Kevin Durant. Or if they're the numbers, if Brooklyn ends up at that seven spot, it's like I don't want to be the number two team. So I kind of yeah. want to be the number one. So Milwaukee, grab that one so you could face Brooklyn later instead of sooner. Yeah, because I, I think Brooklyn only because. The Kevin Durant situation and Kyrie's going to be able to play by then. I mean, they're changing. I know the federal keep mandates and everything keep are coming seeing down. It though. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And well, also, plus, also underlying fact, I didn't think about this until I think I heard it on Around the Horn. If if things shake out as they are now, let's say Brooklyn moves up to seven, Toronto moves down to eight. Oh yeah. No, no. If if Toronto stays seven, sorry. If Toronto stays seven, Brooklyn stays eight. Kyrie can't go to Toronto to play that game. He can't even go to that game. He can't go to that game. Canada would not let him in. So that causes another issue. Yeah. So, but you were right about the, um, other than the Toronto situation, you called this, you called this early in the season. Would Brooklyn kind of sabotage most of the season so then they could play at a, so it, the game seven would be an away game for them. So Kyrie could play. Yeah. You had that. I mean, look, I had that well before anybody else. But moving on. All right. We're going to do quick with the NHL recap. I just want to talk about my Tampa Bay Lightning very quickly. Uh, right now, we are at 80 points. We are five behind your Florida Ice Cats. We are on a losing streak. Lost the last three out of five. Uh, shit. Lost the last four out of six. We are... Not playing very well, but we're going against the Canucks tonight, 10 o'clock. That should be an easy win for us. But I would have said the same thing about the Flames, which we lost four to one. So hopefully, hopefully Tampa Bay can bounce back, especially with the season kind of winding down. We need to get we're past the halfway point. We need to get some more wins, we need to get some more points. I don't want to be number one. I just want to be better than the Ice Cats. You will not be better than the Ice Cats who tacked on two more wins since we last spoke. Brennan uh, getting the Pennsylvania sweep being the Penguins and the Flyers. Um, Lundy is hurt. Romberg is on IR right now. Those are two guys in our uh, subsequent lineups that have been playing really out of their mind. Um, it also opened the door for a recall of Spencer Knight. Um, the, like I said, like I've been preaching all season, and I'm pretty sure I said it last week, the detriment of this team will come down to if we can keep goals out of nets because 
we cannot have that's how hockey works right i mean look we cannot try to win every game four to three six three five three we can't keep allowing threes into the net like we have to have better goaltending we need somebody that's going to stand on their head we need somebody like drieger behind this uh defensive front because last year that's who really carried us most of the way last year when Bobrovsky really lost his mind um and Spencer Knight has been having a bit of a sophomore slump. Uh, and I mean, not even a sophomore slump. Last year, he only played in like 10 games after the final four. And he finally recalled him from Boston College or whatever, or Boston University, or wherever he was playing. So he's still young in his progression. So we can't put the weight of the world on his shoulders. Bobrovsky just has to be better. And as of right now, it doesn't look like he will be. Um, so we're just going to have to keep outscoring people and, I've never heard the the phrase in playoff hockey is not they had a hot stick. That's that's not the phrasing. It's having yeah. a hot goalie who's standing on his head. So that's what scares me the most right now. All right. Jack Eichel. We're that's saying right. on hockey. Jack that's Eichel's right. return. So Buffalo drafted him uh second overall pick in 2015, gets traded to the Golden Knights. Yeah, Comes so there's a bit of a situation where he, I think it was either last season, he missed all of the season or most of the season with a neck injury. He wanted to go get a neck surgery that had never been done on any uh, hockey player. And the team said no. The team would not allow him to get the surgery. And he said, get me the fuck up out of here. So he goes to the Golden Knights, finally made his return a little while ago. Just got back to Buffalo. And the Buffalo crowd was a little mix, a little some booze, some cheers. Oh, he said it was. Uh, I was just reading an article. It said he, he said it was the loudest he's ever heard that stadium, and it was for booing him. Yes. So going into the game, he was being very diplomatic, and then after the game, he took a shot, and it was after a loss. So people are like, mm, "You a little salty," but um, I it, it actually bears out. They're actually like a bottom team, or like a bottom. Th- 30 team as far as attendance and that was their most attend that was their best attended game this season so they actually did come out to boo him <laughs> apparently yeah absolutely <laughs> do you want to hear the the thing i found most fascinating about this entire story and i know we were talking about it last year too because i was ta- kind of taken back that the team refused to let him get the surgery yeah um was the fact that he was drafted in 2015 and he's only 25 yeah Damn. Drafted at 17 years old. That's insane that's, to me to be the number two pick at 17. You know what I was doing at 17? I don't want to talk about it on here. That's like a next drinking buddy kind of thing, but God. Yeah. So yeah, it, you it, had to win that game though. You have to win that game. If you're going to talk shit game. and come back. Yeah. I would say he they had lost the Ben 3-1. Simmons moment without the win though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Got to get that dub. Got to get that dub. But all right. Got to. Uh, and you'll be surprised how quick and quick Mayman hits quick hit. All right, Joe, we're coming up against it, so these have to be extra, extra quick. Baseball is back. Carlos Rondon has left the uh, Chicago White Sox. He's signed to the Giants. The Kershaw man has been re-signed for one year with the Dodgers, 17 mil. I think that's a little too much for somebody who's going to be maybe your fifth starter at this point. He doesn't really have the stuff like he used to. Um, There's a lot of moves. Freddie Freeman may be going to the Dodgers, which would be mind-blowing if Atlanta lets him leave the team and not stay. Also, the Yankees are trying to make a play for him. Uh, Jorge Soler 
Blair is in talks with the Marlins as, as well as four other teams. So with Derek Jeter leaving, we might actually put some money on the table and try to get some players and try to make some runs here. Um, I really want to go after this. Uh, the, I think he's a center fielder or a second baseman in Pittsburgh, Brian Reynolds. We've been hearing a lot about him and the Marlins. So we really should go after him because that would that would show that you're committed to the team and committed to the city. And Bruce Sherman is just not trying to get out of here and get some money. Brennan, go. Baseball is back. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. Um, Pop. Pop uh, becomes the winningest coach in the NBA. Um, past, uh, what was the record? Don Nelson. I don't know record. the actual fucking number. Don't do that to me. Yeah, I was going to say, he was tied <laughs> for the record for a little while. Just passed it the other night. Becomes the winningest coach in the NBA. Uh, my favorite moment about Pop is the fact that he went with a team that was very keep your head down, just keep fucking working, trust the process, trust the system, it's going to work out, and then won, what was it, five titles? Five titles, yes. My favorite moment is Pop is every time he speaks on societal issues affecting uh, men of color, minorities, women, um, he signing Becky Hammond, he's probably the most, and literally giving a, a literal F you to his ownership who voted for Trump or supporters of Trump. And then he keeps championing these civil rights issues um, because that's what is in his heart. He's an army man and he's a man of principles and he's displayed it in every which way from Sunday. Um, Pop is a really good dude. He's surly and I love a surly fucking curmudgeon ass motherfucker. You know that I'm a big fan of Tony Kornheiser. So big fan of Pop. Um, so yeah, Pop has just been a really good, genuine dude pretty much his entire career. And it's good to see him. It's always good to see him smile. He smiled the other day. Boom. Beautiful. On to the press conference. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. All right. I will be on tour, which is why the show is a little quick today. Um, I'm on tour in Florida. Uh, this coming week, uh, Monday the 14th through Wednesday the 17th. Uh, check out BrennanTComedy.com for all my upcoming dates. Brennan T. Comedy on all social media. Also, check out my other podcast. Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. Just search drink ex-drinking buddy. Uh, lots of fun on there. Have crazy guests and we talk about crazy stories, drinking, drug, getting in trouble. Just had Randy Orton's little brother, uh, Nathan Orton on. That was a fun episode. Joe, where can everybody find you? You can check me out on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorville. You can check out this show's Twitter and Instagram at Caring Press. If you need any of my things, just go to JoeDorville.com. You can find my store there. You can find my music there. Headphone Joe is the name. TV and TV season two are the albums. Um... Yeah, and don't forget to go to check out a new load.co and everything dope on there. Uh, we got a lot of things in the works actually right now, so that's gonna be fun and fun to fun and funny to rock and roll on that. Um, so yeah, Breton, let's get you where you need to be, buddy. And that's why we play the game. Hello, hello. You shout out Greg Poffage. Pop. You shout out Dicky V. You have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Cheers from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? 
Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science slash comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, aka Leia, or vice versa, Crevet. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again and goodbye.